Amen. We thank God for this morning. Um, today we want to look at a story in the Bible, um, a very interesting story. Nana Kofi spoke about a few things from that story a few weeks ago. The prodigal son, we call it. And Nana Kofi says we should look at it as the loving father. So the story in Luke chapter 15 talks about a father who had two sons. And the younger one came to the father and said, give me my share of your property. And the father did not question, but gave, divided the property into two. The Bible says he divided his estate into two and gave half to the younger son. Then a few days later, this young man gathered everything and left the country. The Bible says he went to a far country and wasted the resources on prostitutes and the wildlife. And when everything got finished, he has to get himself hired by a citizen of that country. Then he started working and he was so broke that he has to take care of pigs. And this is a very important part for the Jews to, for Jesus to talk about a Jew taking care of pig shows how low you have gotten to. Then he even has to feed from what is being used to feed the pigs. The Bible says, at a point he came to his senses and he decided, in my father's house, even the servants have enough to eat. They enjoy life. Everything is good for the servants. And here am I, the son, suffering here. If I'm a servant in my father's house, I'll be better off. So let me go back to my father and tell him, I know I have no, I've lost the right of a son because everything that belongs to the son, I've taken it and wasted it. So I can't be a son, but at least employ me as a servant. So he went back and the Bible says from a distance, the father saw him. And that's very important. It means that all along the father has been longing for his son. He has always been waiting, hoping that the son will come back. But then, he couldn't go out there. So the question is, why don't you go out there to look for him? Because if he goes out there to look for him, he will be interfering with the will of the son. And that is good for us to know that God does not interfere in our will. He wants us to willingly, from our own will, love him. He loves us, but he will not interfere. He will not dictate how our lives to be. He gives us the best way to live. He directs us what is good for us, but he will not insist on his will or impose his will on us. So as much as the father wanted to go out for the son, he couldn't go in there. Because if he goes out to pick him from wherever he is, the son will say, well, I wanted to be out there. You forced me in. He will go out there again. He will not realize what he's losing. So the father wanted the son so much. He wanted, he was anxious to have that son back. But he waited. Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 14, that that is the heart of God towards his children. That when we fall off, when we go off from God, God always desires to have us back. Bible says that 
for the sinner, we will all perish. For all of us, we will at one point in time leave this earth. But as long as we have moved away from God, he is always devising means of getting us back. Amen. That is the heart of the Father. He's always desiring to get us back. And God never gives up on any person. Any child of God that has gone astray, God never gives up on us. He's always desiring. He's always looking for means to get us back. That is the heart of the Father. So this son gets back to his father. And the father was so excited. He quickly told the servants, get a robe, forgetting about, I mean, there was no talk about your past. It is about you are back. And that is all I've been waiting for, to get you back. And the father was excited to have his son back. He gave him new robes, changed his robes, put a ring on his fingers, called for a big party and celebrated his son, the return of his son. But there's an interesting part of the story here too, the big brother. This younger son left a big brother at home. And when the big brother got to know that the younger son, the wasteful son was back and the father was celebrating, he got offended and questioned his father. And I want us to read Luke chapter 15. from verse 29 to 32. So this younger son, the big brother came in and said, this son of yours wasted everything that was given to him. And now he's back. So the big brother's concern is, is he coming to share the inheritance with me? This man has, this younger son had no inheritance. Amen. He has no inheritance. He's lost it all. He's taken his share of the inheritance, gone away to waste it. He is back. You have accepted him back as a son. So what is his role? What is his share in the family? And so the father said, he answering to his father, Lo, this many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never givest me a key that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as... Thus thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Amen. So the father assured the big brother of his inheritance. Whatsoever I have is yours. So this one who has come back had no inheritance. Amen. Now this is our story. When we went astray from God, when we went into the world, when we went to follow the devil, when we got employed by the devil to do his beats, we lost it all. And we came back because the father would not give us on us. So we came back. But fortunately for us, the big brother we have is a different kind of big brother. He's not the big brother in the story. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, this is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet he became poor for our sake, that we might become rich. Amen. We have a big brother who is different from the big brother here in the story. 
Jesus gave the story for us to see what was missing. The guy was back, but there's no inheritance. But here we have a big brother. Everything that the father has is his. Jesus owns the whole world. The Bible says all things were made for him. All things were made for him. So every inheritance of the father belongs to the son Jesus. But he sacrificed what he's got. The Bible says he gave his life. He came down. He became sin. When Jesus was nailed on the cross, he took our place. He became the prodigal son. When he shouted on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He was just reflecting what was happening. He has taken our place and has exchanged his place with us. We became the beloved. He became the rejected. After his resurrection, he went to the heavens. Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. So here, Jesus has made a sacrifice. He has made us the children of God. He has sacrificed for us. He has taken our place. He has given us that right to become the children of God. But he just didn't leave it there. Bible says that when Jesus made us the children of God, we became children of God and joined heirs with Christ. Now there's a difference here. We are not co-heirs. We are joint heirs. Which means that everything that Jesus had is ours. It is not something now to be shared. Unlike the big brother case, where the father's inheritance must be shared between two. Then they were co-heirs. Now the younger brother has no inheritance. But big brother says, we are joint heirs. Whatsoever I have is yours. And that is why he has given us his name. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow. When you speak the name Jesus, you are being authorized. He's saying that I've authorized you. Use my name just as it is. I use it. So when you go in and you say in the name of Jesus, you are signing the check. You are authorized. So you are withdrawing what is in Jesus' account. Somebody defines grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. Yes, God's riches have been now been given to us, but Christ paid for it. And this is the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bible says that in um, Romans again, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, breeding, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So now Jesus did not just leave us there, but he gave us the Holy Spirit. That assurance. Anytime you are down, anytime you feel like, where do I belong? The Holy Spirit reminds you, you are the child of God. There comes a point where nothing proves it. You, you seem to doubt 
Where do I belong? Sometimes you look at your own life, you look at your past, but get it here. You are a child of God, not by your righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When God looks at you, he does not see you, he sees Jesus. The Father's love and the grace of the big brother has brought us back to the Father. We are joint heads with Christ and the Holy Spirit is the witness. He gives us that assurance and the grace to call God our Father. Amen. Whenever we share the grace together and we say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us, we are just confirming this, that the Father will never give up on us. His love for us can never be questioned. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are saying that the big brother, the only son of God, has shared his life for us. He has given everything just to make us joint heads with Christ. And the communion of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will continue to be with us. He will continue to remind us. He will continue to strengthen us. Sometimes Paul said, in my weakness, that is where I see the strength of God. Sometimes even in your weakness, when you pray and you feel like God will not hear me, that is where you even see the power of God more at work. God is just telling you to know that it is not by your works. It is not by anything you have done. It is because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Romans chapter 8, again from verse 31 to, the, to 39, it talks about the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. John, can we get it through? He says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He did not spare his only son. So if what is dearest to God, his only son, if the big brother went out and the father had sleepless nights, what will it be like losing the big brother to you? So if he, could, he spared his only son, what else is more important for him? And so why won't God give us anything we ask for through his son, Jesus Christ? Who shall lay anything into the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Nothing nothing 
There is nothing. Sometimes we fear principalities. Principalities are high. We fear witches. We fear cockroaches. We hear something and we feel like this one can defeat or overcome us. But who are we? We are the beloved of the Father. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can we be on our feet?